Welcome to the Church Plus podcast. Church Plus is a conversation around growing trends, best practices, and how stuff works in your local church. My name is John Bennett, and I'm going to be your host today. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy 2022. It's good to be here. Now, listen, I'm excited about my interview today, and I'll introduce my guest in a moment. But my guests and I are going to discuss three or four very important things. Number one, how churches can develop a clear path forward when it comes to building and expanding their facilities. Also, we're going to talk about some current trends that the guys at Ministry Solutions that serve churches all over the nation that they are currently seeing. And finally, we're going to talk about five trends that the guys at Ministry Solutions are seeing in regards to expanding and growing in a post-COVID reality. Today, my guest is Randy Anji, president at Ministry Solutions. Ministry Solutions exists to help local churches build from concept to completion, the intelligent way to fund and build church real estate. Let's join my interview with Randy Anji. Hey, Randy, welcome to the Church Plus podcast, my friend. Hey, John, thank you for inviting me. It's so great to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. You and I have gotten to know each other the past uh, couple of years, and I love what you do with Ministry Solutions. I think you guys are such a great solution for local churches that are involved in stuff that's really complex, especially complex now in the environment that we're in, a great lending environment. Interest rates are still a little bit low, and uh, as we're recording this here at the top of 2022, but construction prices are nuts and a lot of other complex uh, issues in and around what a church needs to be doing when they think about taking those next steps about building, expanding, and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into all those important questions, man, mm-hmm. Randy, I want you to tell us a little bit about you. How in the world did you end up in a role as president at Ministry Solutions? That is a great question. And somebody once told me that you, I think when I was young in business, that you should have one page of resume for every 10 years of experience. So I guess um, (laughs) when you get as old as I am, that's a lot of pages, but I'll (laughs) summarize by saying I started out uh, in the business world as a young uh, business guy, came to faith, uh, got involved in a local church pretty quickly, uh, migrated into leadership as an elder, uh, very happy being an elder in my church and a business guy never saw those two coming together. Uh, Leadership of the church as we continue to grow asked me to prayerfully consider being an executive pastor. Never had that on my radar. In fact, I had never heard of the term executive pastor when it was offered to me. That was back in 94, 95 timeframe. So that was a while ago. Spent 13 great years doing that. We went from 600 people to 3,000 people, built three times. Uh, just a great experience. And I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. So glad that the Lord opened that door and allowed me to do that. Uh, then I migrated into a consulting role with a company that, and I was doing pre-construction consulting. Basically, are you healthy? Are you ready? Have you counted the cost? Can you really navigate this? And um, 
that led me to a role uh, as president of MAG Bookkeeping, doing virtual bookkeeping for churches across the country. Um, but I've known Nathan Art for several years. I referred him um, to many churches that I was connected with uh, to help them with uh, financing and fi church financial issues. Uh, Nathan and I out talked for years about working together and that door opened and I joined the team about three years ago and absolutely have loved getting to work with Nathan uh, and the ministry solutions team uh, for these last three years. So that's kind of how, how I migrated. I did a little stint at another church as an executive pastor. That was really just to help them navigate through some really unique financial challenges that uh, by God's grace have uh, got reconciled and taken care of. So that's it. Well, yeah, that's helpful background. And what I love about that is that both you have the business acumen, but also the real understanding of being in the seat of a pastor and executive pastor. I think that is so crucial for people in our industry, people like you and I that are in a sort of for-profit company, but yet we serve the local church. If, if you really don't have the empathy and understanding of sitting in that seat, I, I'm not sure you can be as effective as you should be. So uh, I love that part of your story, but uh, and we and we can continue to go down that that path for a while. But let's let's talk a little bit about Ministry Solutions. Uh, there are people listening right now that have never heard of it. Other people right. have intersected with you in the past. Mm -hmm. So kind of give us a a thirty thousand foot view of what 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 it does and how do you yeah. serve the local church? No, that's great. Uh, so Ministry Solutions is about ten years old. As I mentioned, it. It was started accidentally by Nathan Art. Nathan had just come to come to faith, and uh, he was at Buckhead Church at North Point, uh, the Buckhead location, and uh, had some uh, leaders there that were heavily involved with North Point tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, you've got a you've got a um, commercial real estate development financial background. You you know you're looking at." A development mindset all the time. And we've got all of these campuses and um, following churches asking us questions about property and buying land and, you know, that sort of thing. Would you, would you take, you know, talk with them and help them? And that help led, first of all, him doing finance, uh, financing, helping them source financing and at an affordable rate, good terms, but also at a level they could afford only to mm -hmm. see that a lot of projects went way, way over budget. And so what was supposed to be financed all of a sudden uh, became problematic. And uh, so suite of services continue to grow to uh, project management and uh, a process we call clear path forward. And uh, which is really designed to help churches gain clarity. You know, what do we need? Uh, how do we take next steps? And uh, you know, how do we do that in an accelerated manner? And our team is really geared around that to say, let us help you ask the right questions at the right time, get them answered and get you on the right track. And we also know how to analyze the finances, uh, make recommendations, and uh, you know, Put a game plan together for the for leaders. Uh, it's their game plan, but we help them develop it 
So they have a playbook, if you will, that they can go and execute for the next several years. And so that's really a lot of fun to see that um, uh, a group of church leaders go from, well, we think we, we think we can manage this. We think we can navigate it to more clarity and more certainty. Yeah, that is so helpful. So uh, in just a minute, I want you to give me a kind of an example of somebody, uh, a local church that you've intersected with in the last couple of years that may be kind of helpful for our audience who's listening to kind of get an idea, because I love the concept of clear path forward. Uh, I think it's it, it's that role where you're really helping the board as well as the staff understand uh, the very clear steps it's going to take to get where, you know, whether that's just the financing piece getting your financials in order because your financials are just telling a story, right? What kind of story does the lender want to hear? Then you start getting into, you know, early kind of design uh, options. And then mm -hmm. I know you guys also do some work in project management and so on. So Randy, give, give us an example of somebody you've intersected with and kind of help with this whole idea of clear path forward. So one of the last churches we did this for is a church down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, Riverside. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of things going well there. Great leadership team, very healthy, very healthy staff team. But they, you know, they wanted some clarity about next steps. They knew they, they had some issues with their facility um, that were a challenge. Uh, there, you know, it was... Parts of it were well-designed and serving them well. Other parts were not. And uh, they didn't know what they could really afford or what they were comfortable with, even from a, a, a longer-term debt perspective. They didn't know um, uh, what it might cost them to take next steps. So we came in and we basically, before we come in, we do a lot of listening. We do, we do a lot mm -hmm. of dialogue back and forth. We, we understand their metrics. Uh, buildings need to balance. So you can't be out of kid space or student space or lobby space um, or parking space uh, before you're out of worship seats. They should all sort of yeah. fill and, and they need and, to align. Yeah, they need to, they need to balance. And so we looked at some of that. And we saw some challenges with, um, first of all, the staff office situation in this particular church was abysmal. There were portable buildings and, mm. uh, you know, just not functioning well, and they'd outgrown that. Um, their their uh, kid space, lack of good security was a big issue. Lobby mm. space was very undersized and congested, and it was not the kind of experience that they needed. So we, we put a priorities together, and they wanted to build, they wanted to unlock their site also for um, other activities on campus that invite people during the week to come and be a part of their campus. They wanted some soccer fields and some other recreational things that they could open up to their community. And so we incorporated all of that in, and then they also have some excess land that they could sell. So uh, we, we put a plan together, a financial plan, and work through a process of um, uh, that culminated being there for a few days, spending time with their elder team and their lead team, uh, with their staff team, going through a financial strategy session, going through uh, programming sessions, and then coming to an agreement about what their needs were and what their affordability was, and basically put all that together in a 65 or 70 page report back to them that becomes their playbook that they can execute. 
So mm. that's um, that that's uh, that's an example of, and now they have clarity. They know uh, yep. phase one, phase two, next steps, highest priority, affordability, and that sort of thing. And um, and we've put um, dollars to that, so they know from a budget standpoint um, mm -hmm. when they can execute various pieces of it. Yeah, and what I love about that is that uh, you guys are not only doing that from a building perspective, which there are probably a lot of organizations do, you are doing it very specifically for local churches. So you really have a very nuanced niche area of expertise that that as a pastor, that's what I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from just a great building consultant. I want to hear from somebody that understands the trends understand mm -hmm. sizes of auditorium, as you said, balance and alignment of these other spaces that are involved. Uh, one of the things you brought up, just a quick comment, you talked about safety being such an issue. And uh, mm -hmm. we have a person on our team that uh, Jess Beeler that I mm -hmm. talk with and use uh, in a lot of my yeah. campaigns. And Jess always talks about safety before Jesus. And yes. it's these issues mm -hmm. that, that churches many times are not really paying mm -hmm. attention to as much as they should. Yes. And you guys bring that kind of expertise to the table, which is so helpful. So, mm -hmm. hey, let's talk a little bit about kind of the trends. You guys are very mm -hmm. deep into the local church. So let's talk about some current trends that you guys are seeing about mm -hmm. the growth uh, of local churches. Great. Well, the change has accelerated. And, uh, you know, COVID certainly has been a hot topic of conversation everywhere in society, including church. Yes. And it's certainly been disruptive. We don't believe that COVID changed anything. We think it accelerated what was already happening. So, yeah. um, and, you know, so, we, and it has been uh, very, obviously, I use the word disruptive. I don't use it lightly. It has been very mm -hmm. disruptive. Sure. Um, it's interesting that God uses disruption in our personal lives. And I think in church life sometimes mm. for our good. But um, you know, Ronald Heifetz wrote a book, Leadership on the Line, several years ago. He's a professor at, at Harvard. I love the book because he basically boils leadership down to, to um, helping people navigate change at a rate they can tolerate. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That's so good, know, yeah. And we are in a massive cycle of change. Um, and it is, And I'm concerned about it because change makes people uncomfortable and it accelerates pain. You know, pain, the, as change goes up, pain goes up uh, proportionally. And, mm. and a lot of people just cannot hang with it. And that doesn't just mean a church attenders, um, people in your body. It also means your staff team, key volunteers, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, folks like that. So we've seen an increase of pastor transitions. You know, there are a lot of people that are just like, okay, I'm close to retirement. I'm checking out. Uh, there are others that are, you know, basically saying the secular world look, <laughs> might look uh, more attractive. I don't know why that would be the case, but uh, <laughs> it could be the case at times. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, we're in this season of basically saying, okay, there's more uncertainty than ever. And we're doing it with brand new people because we're, we're in this hmm. flux of, of turnover. Um, by the way, if that's happening at your church, you're not alone. We're seeing it and hearing it everywhere. Hmm. And so 
sometimes yeah, knowing knowing that that's more <laughs> across the board than just your experience is is helpful um so we're in this season that they're calling the great resignation yeah and actually it was totally predictable because about six years ago 10,000 baby boomers a day started retiring hmm. and it's catching up with us so yeah. you've got all of these senior positions in a lot of organizations leaving, not just church, but what that's done is open up opportunities. And there are some people moving from church staff back into business roles and other roles in their community. Um, so it's caused, so the great resignation is probably causing the great reset when it comes to shuffling mm -hmm. people. Uh, we're sensing, we're feeling all of that. Um, and it is, uh, it, it is going to settle back in, but people that were, you know, battle stations that were being manned by 50 and 60 year olds are all of a sudden being manned by 30 year olds. Mm -hmm. And I see that as a great opportunity, not as a negative, but there's a learning curve with that. Uh, and there's, there's, uh, some pain that, that will go along with it and it's just natural. So yeah. that's, uh, that's the biggest thing. Everybody's saying, when will church get back to normal? What is, you know, normals right. are setting on setting on your dryer, right? It's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, yeah. yeah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Hey, give me that quote on leadership again about change. That, that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want our yeah. audience to miss the brilliance of that. So, yeah. Um, so he defines leadership as helping people manage change at a rate they can tolerate. Oh man. Yeah. It's that, powerful. That is so it's, good. I recommend the read. It's a, it's a, it's a great book. Um, and it's, you know, it's written from a secular uh, point of view, but uh, brilliantly written, uh, well thought out, uh, some great examples of some major change in our in our society and culture over the years that had to be navigated by leaders and how they handled it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people are looking to their leaders um, more than ever to help them navigate and understand and interpret and mm -hmm. um, as much as anything, it's basically saying God's still on the throne. <laughs> He's still in charge. We're going to take a step at a time together. Um, Andy Stanley says this, and I, I think it's also really brilliant. He, he talks about um, you can't give, uh, everybody wants certainty. They want certainty from their leaders and you can't give them certainty, but you can give them clarity. Yep. And, um, and, that's right. and that's, we, we believe that we like helping leaders gain clarity so they can explain things very clearly to their people. Um, and again, it's not certainty, but it's clarity. Yeah. 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 Well said, Randy. And, and I couldn't agree more on the, uh, I've heard Andy's talking about that before that uh, certainty is kind of a, a losing proposition because I mean, mm -hmm. obviously none of us can attain that at the same time though. Uh, you're never going to get fired for trying to give people, um, you know, uh, clarity, you know, and, and in other words, mm -hmm. just being mm -hmm. realistic and very clear about where mm -hmm. we are right now, where we need to go in the future. And so that's probably a great uh, transition point to talk a little bit about trends 
and things that you and our, our ministry, your ministry solutions team see in the future. Uh, I know one particular uh, idea is, and we were just having this conversation with our generis team not too long ago. He said, uh, aren't you glad you're not the pastor right now trying to fill up an auditorium of 3,500 seats right now, you know, yes. <laughs> or twice yeah. on Sunday mm -hmm. or three times on Sunday, which it yes. wasn't that long ago when the 3,000 seat auditorium was still a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for mega churches, you know, and, yes. and, and even growing mm -hmm. churches. So obviously yes. things have changed. So talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about some trends you guys see. So um, people, churches that are serving their people uh, by delivering content uh, and resources to them. Let me use the word resource instead of content to okay. equip their people 24-7, um, seven days a week. Are are, uh, are 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 doing a much better job of helping people navigate things. So if your website, if your church website um, directs people to messages, that's good. No, no problem there. But people usually live life more topically than that. Hmm. And so you really want to help people break your content down into topics. If someone's struggling with their marriage or parenting skills in the midst of a house full of people locked down by COVID or whatever, um, or some of the other things that have emerged as issues in our day, um, you know, break some of your content down into those kind of topically searched bite-size sorts of things. They're, you're going to serve people much better by doing that. So think, think, you know, think about your church website being a, a spiritual Google, um, a place where people can find resources, um, searchable resources. That's, that's one thing. Um, will people still come and, and listen to messages at a, at a certain time during the week? Yeah, they, they will. Uh, but your on-ramps to that experience, that deeper experience of connection community is going to happen differently than what it used to. Um, People are going to gather as kind of a, a further step down the process than before. Um, you're you're going to mm -hmm. serve them by connecting with them on a um, on a daily basis. And you know, I've noticed some churches I follow are getting better about sending short podcast daily devotionals out and things mm -hmm. like that, which I very much appreciate. Um, and uh, you know, content that's that's uh, helpful for the day and for the family and, uh, you know, things I've indicated interest and need for. So yeah. I think that's one thing. Yes. Uh, the, the size of rooms are shrinking. We think that's a good thing. Um, I've heard Nathan say this many times and it's, I think it's a great statement, but people want to be um, a part of the story, not a product of the story. Hmm. When you're in a room of 3,000 people, you feel like you might be a bit of a product, <laughs> yep. not a part of, and community is important. And so it's easier to achieve in a little bit smaller setting. Uh, the other thing is just the economics of building more smaller rooms and more places seems to make yep. more sense than, you know, the great big, uh, great big buildings. Buildings, uh, building costs have gone through the roof. That's another change. Construction inflation is almost at an unprecedentedly high um, threshold right now. 
We don't mm-hmm. think it's going to, we don't think that's going to abate much. Huh. If you do have building needs, uh, we do think that, uh, you know, you have to plan very carefully because you cannot go over budget or you get yourself into financial trouble. And yeah. so, but the thing is, it's a lot cheaper per square foot to build a smaller room because you don't have to have the deck heights and the structure um, mm-hmm. than it is to build those those massive, massive uh, rooms and supporting structures for them. And so, and then the other thing is obviously your operating costs go down. But yep. here's, a, here's another thing. Um, we're working with a lot of partners that are, are coming in and actually interested in renting uh, or partnering with the church to rent some space or lease some space from them to use and activate during the week. Some daycare mm-hmm. providers and some other folks that are coming in and actually helping to pay for the building by, um, you know, by utilizing it during the week. And what's nice about that is they're bringing people onto your campus that normally don't go there, which yep. is, which is, which is great. So more of the community center, like we used to be back in the, you know, a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. uh, then, uh, then, then a place you go to one, uh, for an hour on Sunday. Yeah, that's good. Any uh, on that last point, uh, I've heard a lot of churches and been in many conversations about this. How do we, you know, expose the community with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. other streams of revenue at the same time, mm-hmm. serve the community better? Uh, daycare certainly being one. Any other creative options in that particular uh, coffee shops, uh, we work type mm-hmm. of spaces, uh, mm-hmm. wedding venues, anything yes. of that nature that you think is really working? Uh Really, all of the above, depending on where you are and what's around you, the best thing to do is start by doing some some planning. And the planning would basically be go to your community and ask commercial realtors and Mm -hmm. other uh, space planners what's needed in that local area. Mm -hmm. Um, It's amazing that sometimes you'll turn you'll turn something up that you wouldn't have thought of yourself. You'd like, Oh, we didn't realize that we were so under-resourced in this kind of a um, setting. Nathan was working with a church in one location where the uh, local board was very opposed to this building being sold to be upfitted for a church. They sat with the board and said, what are the needs in the community? And they, one of the major needs in their community was a large assembly space. And they said, what if we make it available to the city hmm. for a certain number of days a year to do that? And the board switched from being very opposed to that usage to uh, 100% on board. And that's just dialogue. That's talking with, uh, with people in the community and asking what the needs are instead of assuming you know. Yeah, you know what, Randy, that's gold right there, just that last mm-hmm. tip, let alone the other things you talked about. The very first point you talked about, the digital delivery of resources, not just click now to hear messages, mm-hmm. but a very topic-focused idea. I, I just was in a conversation with a mega megachurch uh, that's now a client, and we were talking about that exact same thing. A big focus on our, our next campaign is going to be on the, the development of their digital content, delivery of that content. Because we're getting out of the mindset that we're going back to 2019. 2019 is in the books. Mm-hmm. 
2019 yeah. is gone. And uh, what are we going to do in the future? And like many healthy churches, financially, they're doing fantastic. The mm-hmm. return of people on a Sunday morning is not. So it's not get depressed. It's changed the conversation. It's changed the metrics, you know, how, and, the, and, the, and the change of terminology goes from attendance to engagement. And yes. what do we do with that? And so these ideas yes. that you pushed out here mm-hmm. are extremely helpful in that particular conversation. It's great. Yeah, the, uh, I like to think of uh, uh, one of the more relevant data points for churches. How many people are within your sphere of influence uh, you know, mm-hmm. that connect with you regularly or are out there that you influence from a spiritual perspective? Um, that's what God's really called us to, I think, is influencing people for the kingdom. And uh, so how many people are in that sphere of influence? If you stopped them on the street and asked them who their home church would be, you might not know them, but they know you and they name you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, Randy, thank you so much for the time yeah. today. It's been very yeah. helpful, very practical. I will put in the show mm-hmm. notes as well as our email that we sent out with our uh, podcast, your, your contact information. <laughs> And uh, you and I have had a, a good working relationship for a couple of years. Yes. I know it's going to continue in the future. So I appreciate Absolutely. you. I appreciate Ministry Solutions, oh. Nathan, uh, who's also a friend, and all the things that you guys are doing to help the local church yeah. succeed. I appreciate you, man. John, uh, one thing we'd like to offer anybody out there that's interested, we do free financial analysis for anybody that asks. Hmm. And so we'll put yeah. a link in for that if... Um, hit us up, just click, you know, we've got a, we've got a button that basically says, uh, I'm interested in a free financial analysis and we'll provide those in a, you know, 30 minute to an hour unpack of a high level view for you, uh, free of charge. We just, for any church out there that, uh, feels like they just like to take a next step at exploring where they are and, and where they might want to head and, so want to just offer that to your listeners. That's fantastic, Randy. I love that option. And in fact, I've got somebody I think we need to talk to. When we Sounds good. The podcast. All That's right, my great. friend. Thanks again for joining Scott. the Church Plus podcast. Thank you, John. All right. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Church Plus podcast today. I know there are literally hundreds of podcasts you could have listened to, so I'm grateful you've tuned in today. We always appreciate your support. You can subscribe to the podcast share the podcast or rate and review the podcast. Till next time, this is John Bennett with the Church Plus Podcast.